0: What's up? This is Matt Franco.
1: And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic.
0: What's up, episode 72? What's. what's, Whoa, that was weird. I was going to say what's rockin', but the word started with a C.
1: What's rockin'?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not
1: much over here in New York. Well, a lot, but a little at the same
0: time. How's Vegas, Matt? It's good. It's been like magic week at the show. We've had lots of uh, names magicians will recognize. Wait, wait, um, wait,
1: wait. Magic week at the show? You do a magic show. Isn't it always magic week
0: at the show? Uh, in theory, in theory, yes. <laughs> but for whatever reason, like normally the magicians descend upon the Las Vegas shows. When it's like a magic convention, which there isn't right. one that I know of, but it just seems there have been a lot of magicians lately.
1: So maybe people are just getting wind that Vegas is open, and they're like, "We gotta get there and see all these shows." They're doing what I did like last a few weeks ago.
0: <laughs> magicians specifically. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. They so, get the news later than everybody else.
1: So you, uh, you had, you were hosting, not hosting, but a lot of magicians came to your show, and did you meet yeah. up with them and? I mean, yeah, I like have, to say hello. We have a lot of listeners who are in the magic. Any names you want to drop?
0: Well, I know you saw Hondro came to the show.
1: Yes, Hondro is uh, a very. I want to know all about Hondro because he fascinates me. As uh, he's for those of you who don't know Hondro by name, if you're a fan of Penn and Teller, fool us. He's one He's fooled Penn and Teller four times, and then they've like uh, kind of assimilated him to like help him get, use him to help work on tricks with them right yeah, yeah i think
0: that's what he's here for actually
1: oh okay so he's in town to help them and he yeah got your yeah. show what, yeah. what's he like very nice Hmm. yeah and did he have comments about your show did he enjoy it yeah very kind things okay good that's fun so yeah
0: he was really uh pleasant he wanted to come before but he wasn't mm-hmm. able to get in or whatever and uh he finally was able to make it over, and uh, it was really cool to hang with him and it was an honor to meet him.
1: And he's like a huge celebrity in Spain I didn't know that. yeah. like he had his own like weekly magic show I want to see say, on Spanish television. Is that from, right? From what I know? So like I think he well, that's why he's so able to come up with magic that works so well on tv is because he's had a ton of practice doing it so i think people know him in spain right we're just you know in our little american bubble and never see any tv outside of the u.s and probably even less so for you who watches very little tv but right (laughs) but yeah i think he's a big deal and that's pretty awesome no
0: he is he's what a creative guy and when you say oh what did he say about the show you know i don't want to just uh rehash uh, compliments about myself here so but i will point out one thing that he mentioned that no one ever mentions i don't he think liked, anyone would mind by the way if you did that no i do <laughs> yeah, i yeah, mind yeah <laughs> um but one thing he mentioned a couple of times like two two different instances was he really liked the rhythm of the show and no one ever mentions oh, the rhythm and i'm not even 100 percent sure what he meant by that to be mm-hmm. totally honest um other than like I think he was referring to the feel, like the vibe, like the mm-hmm. the maybe pacing too. Yeah. Um, but no one ever comments on the rhythm. Yeah, I would say
1: probably if someone's saying rhythm, they're talking about pacing and flow, maybe from one to the other, or just like the you know, how you build the peaks and valleys of the show so that people Yeah, you know, yeah I'd love to know more of
0: what he meant by that actually. Intrigued. Like yeah. was he talking about cadence, like in speaking? Was he talking about transitions? Mm you know was he talking like about the said,
1: literal rhythm of the music
0: the literal rhythm of the music that's pre-recorded <laughs> and he just had nothing else to say anything nice about so he's like the rhythm of those tracks was just perfect tempo <laughs> that would be such a backhanded compliment <laughs> yeah but when you got someone that's that creative and yeah. that skilled you know, anything's a compliment, so I'll take it.:
1: Of course, of course. That's Even if awesome. he's
0: just referring to the tempo of the pre-recorded <laughs> tracks that were recorded to a click, I'll take it.: That's great. That's great. Uh, well, no,
1: I'm, it sounds like you like the show, so that's great. Uh, and, yeah. And you ha- who who other? What other magicians?: Well, I guess tonight there's a
0: magician Scott Alexander coming. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Scott.:
1: I worked with Scott at the Magic Castle. Is that true?: Yeah.
0: Wow. And
1: he's good buddies with Puck who um was a um on my season of AGT. So we I mean, Oh, there you go. me and uh, uh I think his full name was Malcolm Puckering, but he goes by yep. Puck. Uh so they're good buddies and, and uh Speaking I, of
0: Penn and Teller, we had their protégé Piff the Magic Dragon last night.
1: Oh, there you go. That's fine. I
0: I mentioned to you I had seen Danny Garcia. Uh, he he came to the show as well, so mm-hmm. he kind of uh he's done a lot of different he works on every tv magic show doesn't he
1: right and he's in town i think working with uh, the agt live show right right yeah right yeah, so, yeah he wow, mentioned that wow there's so many magic people coming to your show
0: yeah. Um, other than that, I've got travel coming up. I'm going to a wedding this weekend, so uh, our podcast got delayed just by a few minutes. Had to have a quick COVID test as we were just about to start <laughs> before the travels. But other than that, everything's good here in Vegas. What can I tell you? What's that, up in with you?
1: That's awesome. I had some interesting travel uh, for my latest show down in Daytona, Florida, Daytona Beach. And uh, yeah, Matt, uh, apparently when you're booking your uh, rental car... Uh, you should figure out if there's cities that are similarly named because I booked my car for Dayton instead of Daytona. So <laughs> I did not have a car when I landed that I thought I did. I went up to the rental desk and I was like, I'm here to pick up my car and they're like, We don't see a reservation and I'm like, Uh oh.
0: <laughs> then they Oh my god. Then they
1: looked up the number and they're like, Yeah, this is for Dayton, Ohio.
0: Not that's awesome. Daytona <laughs> <laughs> so it just goes to show how
1: out of practice I am booking my <laughs> travel stuff. Seriously. But uh, they were able to – oh, man. The whole trip was kind of all over the place. They were able to get a car for me and, like, write that wrong. And they're like, oh, it happens all the time. But I think they just right, said you're that. your wrong. Yeah, right my wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're like, that happens all the time. And I'm like, you're just saying that to make me feel better. <laughs> but the car they gave me – I was uh, – I was driving around and the they must have just gave me their jankiest car <laughs> cuz
0: well, well, as I was Usually dr- they're pretty especially from an airport location they're usually pretty new.
1: Yeah, they are pretty new, but there was something wrong with this computer system. After every 10 minutes of driving, the computer part would just shut down and reset of the is, car. It's really like dangerous if you're following a GPS or like using your backup camera. <laughs> right right yeah so (laughs) wow i i was able to get through the weekend there and uh yeah there was other things about the show i didn't know until the day of that um it was a double bill show too so
0: you didn't know that
1: no we both found out via the the client's social media that uh, that's
0: ridiculous (laughs) how do they not tell your agent that
1: uh that's what we were wondering (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or no. like when I advanced the show, how it didn't come up or anything like that. Right, right. So it just puts you in a different mindset. We were able to adapt. It was a, it was a juggler, very nice juggler. I met. Um, his name's Niels Dunker, and he's yeah, like, I'm
0: familiar with him actually. Yeah, yeah. He was he's a
1: uh, very talented. He had some really creative stuff, um, including um, he he does a take on the cigar boxes. Uh, that, you know, they're just, like, random blocks that people don't really put any association to when you see most jugglers. But he turned it into, like, a three-card money routine. So he had three of them, and he borrowed some money and put them into the different pouches and then just kind of mixed them up, and you had to keep your eye on it, which I thought was a really fun take for for a juggler combining some magic into, you know, his routine. Um, But, yeah, we did the show. It was one of those, uh, you know... We we were also graced, uh, speaking of uh, other performers in the audience, we had um, um, juggler Charles Pichock
0: in the audience. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he was on AGT as well, right? He was
1: an AGT act, but he he was, uh, we basically did an ad for him, but both of us were using his, he's got uh, like an audio sound system called Audio Ape. <laughs> And oh, I, I didn't know that was his. That's his. So, me and mm-hmm. Niels were both using that Durgar show. And then, like, after the show, we just like took photos of it with our equipment and Charles. So, that was nice. kind of fun. Uh, but, yeah. And then. I'm uh, confused. Why was Charles there? He lives nearby
0: and he wanted to oh, see. Oh, he his just came to watch. Juggling friend. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't like a triple bill, got no, it No, 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 I, I
1: mean that would have been a surprise too <laughs> I feel like once you hit two hours Maybe adding a third hour of juggling might have been <laughs>
0: too well, much Well, you and I once did a show that was about three hours
1: I think it was longer than that That's the famous House of Blues
0: <laughs> show I'm not talking about House of Blues No, I'm talking about a real show Oh, what was that one? You don't remember? Uh, was this- It was in New York
1: Oh, I don't remember. We performed this.
0: at a college. I think it was me, you, and a violinist. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> okay. I remember
0: that now. <laughs> I mean, that was about three hours, right?
1: That is, that is the, that's like, um, in improv, you set up a pattern, right? We talk about setting up a base reality, then one unusual thing happens, and then you kind of follow the trajectory, and everything that should come after that should follow along that line. So if you set up magician, mentalist, that kind of sets up a pattern, and then out of left field, you don't expect a violinist, as right? The third act,
0: hip hop violinist, no less. I
1: know that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, It was a long one. It was a long show. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, uh,
1: I I usually get the first flight out the next morning. uh, But for whatever reason, I did not do that. And I had a later flight. And then I just had time to kill in Daytona. That's fun. So I was like, maybe because it's supposed to be cold up here in the north, maybe I can get some sunshine down in Florida. But it's been nice up here. So I don't know why I did that. But I took the opportunity to go to Daytona Magic, which is a one of the few brick-and-mortar magic sh- shops around the country, and I just kind of hung out there for a bit and met the owner there, and... Uh, What's
0: his name? Harry Allen. Harry, yes, Harry Allen. I'm very familiar with them, because uh, they, they're at all the conventions. They have a booth at all the conventions. Right. Great guy, great shop. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I just got um, to sit... They. Uh, really didn't recognize me at first because of the masks and everything like that. So I was just kind of like hanging back and watching, you know, them demo and work and all the customer. It was like packed for some reason in the afternoon and like all the- That's crazy. Customers came in and like, they were just like, you know, really focused on getting each customer exactly what they need. That old style of brick and mortar magic shop, right? Of that individualized attention, this Uh, used
0: to be how magic was learned so mm -hmm. brick and mortar magic shops were everywhere and tourists could go in and customers who were interested in magic could go in and Mm -hmm. watch uh magic live and in person probably for the first time in their life in many cases right (laughs) done well by someone who demos magic all day Mm -hmm. and you can you know learn the art of magic that way but also magic shops were a place where more experienced magicians in fact legendary magicians would hang out either in the shop sometimes in the back and, and hang out there for hours sessioning sometimes it would be planned like once a week where people would get together or just random and that was kind of how you learn the craft secrets and ideas and methods and presentations were passed down from magician to student sort of informally right at these these hangouts and with the internet it, that's the way magic is bought and sold now. So it's sort of uh, drastically diminished the amount of magic shops that exist
1: right in, in the world. And there was like a level of like proving yourself before you could get to certain, you know, levels, levels, because like, if you were like, I want to do this illusion, the person behind the desk could be like, well, that's a little beyond your scope here. Let me suggest something that's going to be equally as baffling for you to perform. But, is within your skill range, right? Yeah. And, and even and even like uh is telling the story of a customer coming in who wanted to do a um, substitution trunk illusion with like his grandnephew or something and he's like, "You sir, how's your back cuz you're going to be the one getting in and out of this thing. And it's like maybe right. this isn't the best for you. I don't want He's like, I don't want to sell it to someone who's just going to buy it and not use it. You know, I want them to get their money's worth and You know, have a good experience with the product, so that they'll, you know, not necessarily as the goal to come back, but they'd more likely come back and be a satisfied customer. You know, with that individualization,
0: and that's the big difference—the customer service element. You know, now if someone's wealthy and they think, "Oh, I want to do this." certain illusions sub trunk, whatever. And that's 1500 bucks. That's it. They buy it. It shows up to their house, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like if that same person had gone into a a real magic shop, they would get pointed in the right direction, not just, you know, try to get the sale. Right. Right. right, And they would get something that's uh, really appropriate for Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. what they need. Yeah.
1: Yeah, anyway. and th- and there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a handful around the country. I mean, I'm lucky enough to have Tana's Magic here in New York, and, like, that is a hangout for magicians, which is always fun to pop in and see who's going to be there and who's sessioning. And I was trying to at least, when I pop into stores, even around the country, is just to, like, buy at least one thing to help support these stores and not get everything online, which is always an easier route, <laughs> but... Um, you know they they're they're there and they have their charm and you, it's good to support them
0: absolutely i'm glad i'm jealous that actually you, that you got to go
1: yeah yeah and mm-hmm. uh it was it was fun so i had that extra time that just worked out in my schedule and uh made it happen mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i've uh what else has been going on matt um i'm back on vr exercising <laughs> oh back on what happened I hit the road, and it was hard to do. Uh, so just uh, let right. that go for a while. But they, yep. uh, there's an update with um, with uh, boxing now. So it's not just like Beat Saber where you're hitting things with bats. Now it's like real boxing, and I'm learning boxing moves. So I'm just saying, watch out, Matt. If we ever get in a fight, <laughs> as, as long as there is a regularly tempoed music rhythm track I can box to, you
0: are in for a right. fight. <laughs> I don't think I'm a great boxer. Okay, there we go. But Uh, once we end up on the mat, I've got it covered from the wrestling. From the wrestling days. But once standing is not my strong suit. I mean, I I did win a wrestling medal in in sports camp. Is that true? It is. Wow. Was uh? Don't tell me. Mike Verbiglia, your (laughs) wrestling
1: coach? He wasn't the coach, but it was the same camp.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um. Well, I, uh, uh, yeah. I had an interesting – am I cutting you off or not? No, no, go ahead. No, I, I, I had an interesting um, review come in. Now I see reviews come mm-hmm. in you know, via Ticketmaster and sure. things like that uh, online. And, and speaking of, if you've come to my live shows, you're welcome to leave a, a positive one. That really goes a long way for people looking to what they're going to do when they want to go see live entertainment. Um, and, you know, we've got very close to, to five stars, as you can have on on all these review sites Mm -hmm. but i you know obviously you can't please everybody and negative things come through occasionally right and this was one i don't remember what the star number rating was but it was less than five which is just disappointing to me because i want to deliver five every time of course and it said saw the show in 2016 Mm -hmm. it was absolutely amazing multiple exclamation points right saw it again now and it was exactly the same all of the exact same tricks which
1: one isn't true which one isn't true but yeah uh, I, <laughs> first of all
0: but also which is actually the part that irks me the most <laughs> right 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 <laughs> cuz you did change quite a bit <laughs> yeah i mean there are three new segments just in the past you know mm-hmm. since we've reopened right it's you're not um, going to
1: do a whole new show every you know week or whatever so. well they also
0: said that they said I expected everything to be different Wow and this is just an interesting thing to me because I think people sort of have the same ex- well I don't think most people have this expectation I think this is mm-hmm. totally unreasonable uh, personally do you do you am I out of line
1: um, well, it's interesting. Uh, I have thoughts on this, but I, I want to hear more about what your thoughts on because I also on the review, I was like, they came the first time and thought it was amazing. And then they right. saw the exact same thing and it's less amazing just because it's the same.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing is a, it's not the same. Right. And B, if you think it's the same, obviously we know our memories are, fl- I would think if I saw something in 2016, mm-hmm. I would think the whole thing was new to me. If I saw exact, even if it was exactly the same five years later, right? let's say it is. You know how much of that would appear to be new to me just because of my memory? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, and exactly. clearly this is what happened in the opposite favor for me. Mm-hmm. Clearly their memory had told them that, oh, I've seen this, but they haven't. Right. You know well, what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like you go into the, like there's certain moments of deja vu. Right. Because like there are obviously I'm going to play certain hits that are always going to be staples. Mm-hmm. And you go into the same theater. Right. The same location, the same casino, there are going to be, there is going to be that overall feeling of deja vu no matter what. Right, right.
1: Um, It's almost like that phenomenon where you start with a deck of cards and you have someone pick a card. They're like, oh, I've seen this one. And it's like, this could have so many different endings, you don't even know what I'm about to do yet. So it's like a larger expanded
0: version of that. (laughs) Right, and... In music, here's the thing. There's the differences. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about, I guess, magic, comedy, and music. In right. Comedy, I was going to talk about com-
1: I was going to bring up comedy, yeah, for sure. People do
0: on. expect the comedian in many cases, and the comedian many times does, you know, do an hour, burn the mm-hmm. hour, go out on the next tour a couple years later with a new hour. Right. Musicians don't do that. Mm-hmm. Musicians write albums. Mm-hmm. They have hit songs. They play those hit songs, and when you go, you go see their concert the following year, the production will be different, the songs will be the same, and they might play you three or four new songs.
1: Right. A lot of times when they're like, we're going to play something off the new album, people are like, boo, play the hits.
0: <laughs> right. They're like, oh, it's time to go get a beer. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Magic is this weird in-between the two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I do believe there are things in the show that people will be upset if I didn't do.
1: Right. You have your staples, like you were saying, the things that are your hits that people, one, either recognize you from TV for. Like, if you didn't yes. do something that you did on television, people might get upset. So you got to put those in.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. <laughs> and then on the other hand, also people are eager to be surprised because mm-hmm. in, in Magic, a big element to it is the surprise factor. For sure. So that's a strange... Thing to have but doesn't really apply to comedy or music. So,
1: yeah, because kind of the punchline, I guess, of what the effect is, is known to someone who's seen the show, they want something new, so they think because they know where this is going, that you're losing that element of surprise, but I've seen comedians do their hits as well, and those punchlines, they know that they're coming, and people still enjoy them, and they're like, sometimes the request will be shouting out, do that one, and then say the punchline.
0: Right. (laughs) right. Very true. Ruining the joke. (laughs) And I think most people do enjoy that. I I Mm -hmm. love it. I love going Mm -hmm. to see a comedian, and maybe it's a bit that I've heard some version of before, because there are nuances and differences, and I mm. when you hear it, you know, uh, six months later, if you yeah. heard it on a, um, you know, on a special, and then you saw it in person, it's gonna play differently out live, which I I personally love that. But there's always that one guy who is like, oh, he did he did the same bit from the special,
1: right, right, you yeah. know.
0: So I mean, I guess it just depends on expectations and so on. So you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the way I get around it too, because like. <laughs> With a lot of mentalism, you know what's going to (laughs) happen. Like, I'm going to read your mind at some point, right? Right, right. So you're going to think of something, I'm going to tell you what it is. So it's all about how you get there. It's that journey, right? And also, with the improv background, the frameworks of my pieces might be the same every time, but the individual specifics might be different uh, because no two audiences are the same. People are going to think different thoughts all the time. So adding that kind of improv element of within a framework, I'm sure if you come see my show or any mentalism show or even improv shows sometimes, if you're just like, if you focus on the form only, you'd be like, oh, this is the same thing every time I see. But it's like, yeah, that's what the the, the parts we're tacking the show onto to make sense and structure out of it, but the individualized parts in the middle are what's unique and different every time. Uh, exactly. So I think, yeah, it's depending on how focused your lens is, I think, from an audience perspective, to say whether it's, you know, brand new and unique or, you know, the same every
0: time. If if someone's a live performer that I enjoy, I kind of enjoy going to see them regardless uh, Mm -hmm. you know of of what exactly the material is going to be um because if they let's say it's a musician but they do a lot of you know connecting with the audience and banter in between songs right even if it's the exact same set list i'm gonna still get that live experience of of experiencing them as a performer right that's what that's what it is right it's like leaving your heart out on the stage
1: yeah yeah it's connecting with the individual and one of the reasons you know people rave about your show Matt, is because of your personality and like again it's we talk about expanding out of that box sometimes and becoming a full like you know donny osmond type or whatever you know showman of all all sorts but it's that's what people are resonating with even if you know you could be doing anything and people would come and want to watch you you know essentially so i think that's a key element is just going in with that personality in mind if you're connecting and resonating with people
0: yeah, and, and you know the truth is If you want to see something completely different And the words used were completely different I expected it to be completely different Yeah. My advice is, honestly Go see something completely different Go, go to another show <laughs> Go to something that's completely different Because yeah. no matter how different I make it It's right. still me <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: valid point
0: you yeah. know yeah yeah there's like, still gonna be a lot of commonalities and if you enjoy me in theory you'll enjoy it yeah, that's but if, a if you, if you very want, good point if you're searching for different i recommend different yeah
1: <laughs> that's Anywho. really good um
0: yeah so uh so chill out people <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm the one who needs to chill out. Cause yeah, I, you know, I know, I shouldn't get irked by these things, no, right? I I, we all know we can't please everybody, of right? Of course, of course, yeah.
1: But it's hard not to. The other thing I was going to bring up, too, especially with magic, is, I mean, so many people develop like a three-minute, five-minute act and do that their entire lives and never change it. And they travel around the world. I mean, the mark of a true pro versus the amateur, you know, that argument is an amateur comes up with different stuff all the time because their audience stays the same. uh, And a pro does the same stuff because the audience changes out. And your audience does change out Mm -hmm. all the time in Vegas. So you're doing Mm -hmm. what you've honed and worked and polished uh so the fact that they're coming back, you know,
0: is it's great. And no, we and great. that's the thing is we have like a huge percentage of our audience is repeat. And this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't a normal this isn't normal feedback that we get. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, you always yeah. focus on the uh the one thing that's like
1: what can I do better? That the one that's not always, you know, <laughs> that review well, that's not always five stars, but again, you kind of just have to let that roll off your back.
0: You got it. And and you mentioned that people can have like a five-minute act and have a career and travel the world. But let me ask you this. Is that gone now? Like with the internet, is that no longer a thing?
1: Maybe. That's a good question. Um, Because again social media and all the stuff that magicians are posting online. It's always going to be what's next. What's the new thing to get more hits and views because that stuff lives forever. It's tangible online and you, you can go back and rewatch a clip, you know, so you can mm-hmm. watch it as many times as you want, but they're always looking for that next new thing. I think uh, in terms of the variety arts world, a lot of these people don't put their act online for that reason so that you have to come see it live uh i know specific uh you know like some of the circus shows especially you know some crazy stunts that people are doing you need to see it live and it loses something you know Mm -hmm. through the screen and some people put their most uh you know impressive stuff just not on camera at all so that you have to come see it and see them live do it and then they can tour around so i think it's kind of how you approach it
0: right absolutely we're gonna dive into the questions you, let's, yeah, let's jump into our riddles here. So it's time for Diddle
1: Me This. Diddle Me This. Diddle Me That. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, so I'm not 100% sure this is a riddle. It might be trivia, but here we go. Everyone knows that the sundial is the timepiece with the fewest moving parts. Do you know what the timepiece that has the most moving parts is?
0: Yeah, I would think so. You do? You think so? I would think so, yeah.
1: Do you think this is a riddle or trivia?
0: (laughs) You said it's trivia, but... um, No, no, you said it's a riddle that's like... You kind of briefed me that it's a little bit trivia-ish. Right, yeah, yeah. Say say the last part of the question.
1: So everyone knows that the sundial, which we all know, is a timepiece with the fewest moving parts. Not sure if I knew that. Well, it, do- it doesn't move. It's just okay. like you could use like a stick in the ground at an angle basically. Who's using a-, a sundial anymore? Uh, I see them a lot in like gardens and stuff. Okay. All right. I well, I'm not a <laughs> yeah, I am not I do not I don't garden. Uh, I mean just uh I mean isn't Stonehenge maybe a, a giant uh sundial? I don't know. It has something to do with uh the where the sun is positioned. Uh but um that says do you know what the timepiece that has the most moving parts is?
0: The timepiece that has the most moving parts. I mean, the immediate answer that came to mind was watch.
1: A watch. Ooh. Yeah. So maybe this is where the riddle part comes in.
0: Because they have lots of gears and things. They do. They do. That, that move. But that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: what other timepieces
0: could you think of? Timepiece. Yeah. So, tiny. a watch
1: obviously has the tiny gears and everything like that. But a, a watch—would you put that in the same category as just like a clock or like a grandfather clock? Like, I feel like yeah, grandfather yeah, clock yeah. Has, I, w- I thought of those things yeah, already. Has more moving parts, the pendulums and all that stuff, and the cranking. Well, well and grandfather the gears.
0: clock came to mind, but I don't think that's the answer either. No.
1: So, what? How else can you measure time?
0: A sundial. <laughs> right, that is one. <laughs> a stopwatch stopwatch has moving numbers on the digital screen uh-huh
1: uh-huh i don't know um i'll give you a hint uh you would see this a lot uh with uh, uh board games i'll say
0: dice d- d- how do you measure time with dice <laughs> um, you could figure out a way <laughs>
1: large dice that has 12 hours on one die and can i tell you something minutes? right now yeah
0: I feel like an absolute idiot. I have no idea. Wow. You have no idea? All right. So, um
1: I'm trying to think of it without giving clues. All right. How about um uh, like so so say we're playing a game like Taboo or Categories and like we have to have a timer, but I don't have a uh, Oh, phone. this is
0: this is a butt <laughs> trivia. So I have yeah, to flip I it. something over. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's an hourglass. An hourglass. Yeah. yeah. And why is it the most? It's not because the little grains of sand that fall are not considered parts.
1: They are parts. They're moving parts. Of- <laughs> I
0: think it's a stretch. That's it's what I think. Part
1: of an hourglass.
0: <laughs> I no longer feel like an idiot. I have redeemed myself. <laughs> I'm not going to let this one bother me. I'm uh, moving on with life.
1: The thousands of grains fall from the top
0: to the bottom. The grand they're is mo- not a
1: part. They're mo- gra- the grains. Yeah, the moving thousand of grains, grains. of sand. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're moving. I agree that they're moving, but they're not really parts. They are a part of the hourglass. <laughs> they are a part, but individually they're grains. All right, I think before we start getting to a
1: larger semantic battle, let's move on. (laughs) Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure,
0: pressure, pressure, trivia, pressure, trivia, All right, answer this quickly. Okay. Who cut Vincent Van Gogh's ear?
1: Who cut Vincent Van Gogh's ear? I just went to the Vincent van Gogh exhibit. I want to say it was himself. That's like my first instinct. Who cut his ear? Who cut his ear? I'm thinking, is this a riddle? <laughs> like, is there a plan words
0: here? There is no plan words.
1: Okay. So he, I feel like he cut his ear. Uh, did he not cut it? Is that the thing? Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm gonna say he did. <laughs> is that, the, that was it? <laughs> I thought it was too simple to be The just reason sad.
0: the reason it's a little bit riddly is because <laughs> a lot of times people are aware that he mailed it to his girlfriend. I don't know if that's a myth or what. Right. But like you could you could mistake it that his girlfriend cut his ear.
1: Oh. Cause then
0: in many ways it's like more feasible that that happened as opposed to someone cutting off their own ear.
1: No, I think people know he spent some time in the uh you know, the psych. Pediatric hospital and
0: I, I told you it was on the easier side. Yeah, today. we got it. <laughs> very good. Good work.
1: Uh, very. I should know after seeing both Van Gogh exhibits. Uh, the uh, I saw a show last night.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been watching a lot of shows as well what's going on with yours? Oh, I went
1: to a live show. I went to see Colin oh. Quinn here in New York. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Colin Quinn, uh, are you familiar? A comedian, uh, was on SNL for a while, but he's yeah. since gone on to done many uh, one-man shows. It was in a nice theater down in the West Village. Uh, huge stage. And that was the thing he commented right away. I was with a buddy and I even lined in. And I was like, this is a pretty deep stage. Like it goes all the way back. And he's like, no, it's, it's normally used for theaters. And then the first words out of Colin Quinn's mouth when he came on, he's like, oh man, the stage is larger than the audience. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is pretty great. Uh, but uh, I specifically wanted to see Colin Quinn. I really liked his HBO special. I think it's called Red State, Blue State. Uh, I'm not 100% on that, but something like that. Uh, and I, I love that he can kind of walk this line politically where he kind of makes fun of both political parties equally, like left and oh, right. Oh, great. Yeah. And he kind of walks down the middle there. And, um, and then he does a bit in that special, too, where he just basically goes – through each state and also says like something terrible about each state so everyone is included it reminds me of like don rickles when he would make fun of you know all different types of people and races but he would do right. it so equally so <laughs> everyone's on the same footing there um but um i this was an interesting show it's only running for three weeks and then he's taking on tour and uh i just found it fascinating because he he plays off of this duplicity and uh, his style is very much like this gruff kind of I mean he talks about how he tried out for like the police officers test and everything like that and like he's got this kind of blue collar vibe to him but mm-hmm. he also like surpasses those expectations and he, like, is throwing a lot of, like, history and all this other – these um, um references that are, like, really show he's, like, not what you think of a stereotypical blue-collar kind of gruff guy. He's got, like, this deeper uh, intellectual, like, really, uh, you know, philosophical side to him as well. Uh, and that uh, seemed like in the hour – it was a 75-minute show – uh, there is a lot of premises he went through and he's talking about, you know, where we are with COVID and where we are divided as a country a bit and all these different topics and a lot of premises. Some I think he could have fleshed out more. And I think it's still early in his run. And I think, you know, he used some of this opportunity to, like, you know, build on some of those ideas. Uh, but the the premises that he hit were fantastic. and They had me in stitches and even like. With the, le- It was a clearly left-leaning crowd, I think, and they were New laughing. York. Yeah, in New York, right, a yeah. the theater-going crowd. Redundant, Although, yes. an older audience, too, which okay. was very surprising as well. Uh, they, um, they, were, um, they were laughing. I mean, that was the thing, is they were laughing at the things that were affecting them, and they were laughing mm-hmm. at the things that, quote, affect the other side. So I, I don't know. It was a fun evening, uh, and it was just nice to see him as a performer
0: and his style. That's awesome. Yeah, we got to laugh about that stuff because it's just out of control.
1: Yeah. The thing that you would like as a performer, I mean, uh, aspect of this as well is he, uh, I don't know, the 75 minutes didn't feel like 75 minutes. Like he was, it was just like going by so quickly. And so that-
0: How do you know it was 75 minutes? Do you look at the clock before they come on?
1: Yeah, I knew he was like a little, like the entertainment 510 late start. And then I saw when we got out and also it's advertised as a 75 minute show. Oh, got it. Right. So, That's
0: a, just a sidebar. That's another thing people get wrong. And I see people right. write that about shows too. They're like, oh, and it was only an hour. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It, what time did you show up? But anyway, oh, I we digress. also talk
1: about that, not only the fall- fallibility of human memory, but like our gauge on
0: time you know if oh our en- gauge on time is yeah no if, it's if not you're ideal.
1: enjoying something like things seem to go by faster so if someone's like it was only an hour you should respond it's like sounds like you were having a great time <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> that no flew, i mean literally people by. will write yeah. that they'll write i expected it to be longer like the, oh, the yeah. it was only an hour Wow, you
1: know, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so that that was just fascinating to tell again what a great you know performer he is. That he was engaging throughout the whole time and was able to like capture everyone's attention. Uh, but the uh, the little technical thing that I was like really impressed that he was throwing all these premises out and like going from one to one. I I didn't notice it. My buddy looked back. And he's like, I don't. Did he memorize all this? Like, because it seemed like some of it was off the cuff, and then he can go back on track to where he wanted to go, mm-hmm. which is what stand-ups do all the time. But he did look back, and there was a little monitor that had little like a set list. Now, where was, was that? In front of him, a downstage was, monitor. I you said he it, looked back. He, I, my buddy looked back. Oh, you mean a monitor behind you? So I think it was like at the balcony. So there was like yeah. a monitor that just Colin Quinn could see, right? Just had like. And again, they didn't nonsensical notes from what I heard from my buddy looking at it, but just like little blurbs that would you didn't scroll even look? through. I didn't know until after the show. He told me after the show. You didn't I... notice
0: him just kind of looking back every so often. My buddy? No. Yeah. No, 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 no.
1: Okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> was, right. I think he only looked back once too, so oh, I do not okay. know what that Got was. It. Got but it. he saw there, and he like they were a little numbered set list of like it was like Q sixty eight or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> and. uh and it just like a small little memory jog for Colin Quinn to uh, to move on to the next thing he wanted to talk about. Yeah, it sounds like those might have been cues for him. Exactly, they were. Yeah, yeah they were just there to like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, and then go to this next thing, and this thing. But the fact that the number was like 68 was like that shows how many little premises he was bringing up throughout the whole show. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's like almost minute for minute, it seemed. Uh, But I enjoyed it. And I'm curious to see uh, some of these like long one man comedy shows. They go on tour and then they get polished by the end of the tour. And then usually they tape them for like an HBO special or whatever. So I'm curious to see how much of these, some of the premises, which I didn't think he fully fleshed out. I'm curious if he'll get there by the end of the tour. I mean, they were still fun. And like the little bits of, you know, those premises were interesting. And they also didn't have to be as hard hitting. And he did, he would comment because he's in the moment and present. He like went on a little diatribe about like mustaches. He's like, oh, I thought it was interesting. I guess this audience didn't think it was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, it's like, well, we'll get back to the topic then. <laughs> That's and, uh, awesome. So, but he oh, it was great to see him live and to see actually him perform. So uh, I recommend uh, checking out his tour, uh, and especially if you're into like kind of a the politics and stuff because he kind of steers towards that as well uh but
0: yeah that was fun you you're aware i'm using a monitor you're using a monitor in your are yeah but it doesn't have text on it are you where are you even aware of this i didn't know that at all so there's a monitor in the back of the room that i okay it'll come on occasionally uh and the reason it's there is so i don't have to look back if we're using imag which is like the giant screen behind me so i don't have to mm-hmm. look back at it i can see the framing of the shot
1: oh that's clever so just the- looking straight ahead. So that you know, to make sure your hands are there. Because I know in, um, the, in the coin thing, you did, I mean, you use that as a line, but you look up at the overhead camera, and then <laughs> it looks like you're looking at the behind camera just to check framing. But
0: <laughs> at that point, I don't think I can see because I'm covered though, right? Uh, I, I think it's before you're covered. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, oh, you mean I look directly into the camera, not yeah, at the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: put your head down on the table and you look Yeah, up. to the screen, to the camera. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right.
1: But that's Um, smart to have the the framing ahead of you so you can check out and see, making sure that
0: your hands are... Well, I can see that it's in focus. I can see if it's blown out for some reason. I mean, I can see a lot of things by that. Um, Do you know, speaking of monitors or lack thereof, do you know Joel Osteen? Uh, yes, especially he, he brought him up
1: in the – Colin Quinn brought him up in the show last night. <laughs>
0: what was the, what, what did he say about Joel Osteen? What, how about that tie-in right yeah, there? I, mean, I didn't expect that. Keep That's going. That's like a mentalism trick in
1: itself. <laughs> uh, no, Colin Qu- Quinn was basically talking about the uh, different apostles with Jesus and everything like that, and he only named a few, and he's like, believe me, I know them all. It's it's easier than it looks. Uh, I don't know how Joel Osteen does. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Just kind of was like – like ragging on that but um but yeah why do you bring up Joel well,
0: Osteen? Well, you know, say what you wish about these, you know, mega rich mm-hmm. uh religious figure uh, motivational speakers. I'm not sure what what they yeah. are, right? But Joel Osteen I've seen for years on television and mm-hmm. he's got to be like the best public speaker I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And I have you never seen him
1: speak? I've seen maybe little bits. I haven't really no.
0: All right. So I watch it with an analytical eye and I'm watching and this has got to be it's in a it's a huge arena in Texas that he I I, I have to use the word performs in that he performs in. And I watch the camera angles and they sometimes shoot from behind him and he does a different like one hour speech or sermon or whatever it's called every week. Mm -hmm. And I don't see him reading. no. I when they I don't know if it's like a trick with the angles and the cameras or what but there's appears to be no prompter, no mm-hmm. monitor and like he'll occasionally circle around the podium and glance and I mean glance at his notes. I just don't understand it. if he's memorizing an hour spiel, a new hour completely mm-hmm. different than the <laughs> week before. Right. I mean, every week that is absolutely insane to me in front of a live audience and the TV cameras. I don't know. I if anybody knows his secret, I'm tempted to go down to Texas. I think it's in Texas to Lakewood Church to find out what's going on, because I find it to be impossible that anybody could do what he's doing. But anyway,
1: I think it's just the motivation. So he doesn't get a. Four and a half star review that says, oh, it's the same thing I saw." <laughs> it's the but same old. How does he memorize stick? it?
0: How does he know? I, I'm, dude, I'm not kidding. I've, it's a mystery to me for years now, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to solve it. Some people put in the work. Maybe it's put in the work. You think yeah. he's memorizing it, and then just when he does the little glance down at the podium, that's how he knows where to go next?
1: Oh, it's also the thing, too, is like, if you're doing that so often, you can just kind of, I maybe he's improvising it, right? Is it Does it feel, poly, I mean, you can get to a level where it feels scripted, but it's all improvised and just doing, uh, you know, these speeches off the top of your head, there, there, just, I mean, just <laughs> keep hearing you talk, like some people like to hear themselves talk, maybe he should start a podcast, I don't know. He probably has one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's interesting too Because I'm wondering It ties into another thing And I think we need to jump into the mailbag for this Okay Because uh, we did get a uh, message So I'm going to play this The, the mailbag mail I've got mail We got uh,
0: a message One one message this, this was one I wanted to pluck out <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
1: uh from alex who says uh can you talk a little bit about confidence and i'm curious if that ties into uh what we've been talking about as performers and t- doing these long monologues uh, but just like how do you approach confidence especially if you're doing a lot of speaking and don't have that uh
0: what what are your thoughts on performance confidence and building that up the important thing in to have confidence is to, to feel comfort, right? Comfort. This is good. This almost sounds like this is improvised, but this sounds like a good right. thing. comfort See? comes this before is what I was confidence. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me, let me do my best Joel Osteen yeah. here. Comfort <laughs> comes before confidence. I can't do the Southern accent. So forget that, but <laughs> that's true. You get comfortable, like so comfortable with what you're doing. You then inherently have the confidence to deliver it when, uh, when you're under fire. Yeah,
1: that that's very much in line with uh, what I one of the biggest lessons I learned from when I went to music school back in the day and you had to get up and you'd you'd have to perform in front of an audience. And I realized the parts were when I felt most nervous was when I felt least prepared. So uh, making sure I had the time in the practice room and knowing what I was going to say and, you know, sing in this case. Back in the former life of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, to to be overly prepared, because even when you think you're prepared, right, you other things are going to come up. You're going to be focused. The adrenaline of performing is going to get to you. So you're going to forget a lot of that. So being so prepared that when all that extra stuff comes, when you're actually live on stage in front of a people uh that it becomes second nature so you don't have to be thinking about the technical aspects that with what you're going to say that part i think that is the key to overcoming stage fright which is a lot of the key towards becoming confident right because you're focusing more on what you're what you're saying in the and i think if you also figure out what your intent is toward the audience Right. Of like what you're trying to relay, what emotion you're trying to get out of them. That makes you more confidence as well, because it's less about you and how you're wondering how you're going to look and how people are going to perceive you. And you're thinking, how do I give this gift or whatever message or experience to the audience and putting the focus on the other person is a good way to tackle that.
0: Yeah. Well, wow, you just reminded me of a couple of things. Okay. Um, well, I think Eugene Berger, the, the late Eugene Berger said, thinking kills magic. Hmm. So if you're thinking about what you're doing, you're not really present with the audience and presenting it. Right. Right. You know, which just echoes what you're saying. Um, but also for some reason this reminded me, you said other things are gonna come up. I had major I had a major audio issue Did uh, you? in a show this week. What happened? So it was really annoying. Um I heard like a, a a picture if you had like a handheld microphone and you like slapped it, that mm-hmm. sound that you would hear. Sure. That sound kept happening. And now I, I wasn't using a handheld, I have like a, a a clip on mic. Right. And that sound happened. And I thought, oh, I just bumped it. Mm-hmm. And then it happened again. And then it just started happening frequently mid-performance. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, I, I found a, a a moment in the show, this was towards the end of the show actually, And I found a moment where I'm about to thank the crew, Mm -hmm. which we've talked about before, but I'm going to say thank you to the backstage crew, the ushers and so on, which was a perfect time to have one of our crew members run out the backup microphone to do a swap. Great. And the way microphones work, it's clipped on my belt. It runs up my shirt and clips on. Now I thought we'll just change the pack. Sure. So Brad runs out. I unplug the pack. He, you know, gets me hooked up with the new pack. And the problem, he runs away, and then it sounded okay for a second, and the problem persists. Oh, no. <laughs> so clearly, uh-huh. it was the wire, right. not the pack. Sure. And, you know, when Brad came out, he's like, I'll just change out the whole thing. And I was like, oh, well, and I, just, I was like, let's just do the pack. Because, like, it's really awkward to have to, like, run the cord up your shirt and the whole thing, you know, in, in front, front of the, the audience. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing, like, I'm just trying to make this as seamless as possible. Uh-huh. So I do a pack switch out, mm-hmm. and that didn't work. And then it just so happened that the next thing that's going to happen in the show, and this is regardless of audio issues, is Marissa's going to enter with a handheld. Mm -hmm. So luckily I can just turn off the mic now so we don't have to deal with that popping sound. Mm -hmm. And I can just, I actually removed the mic. I I, I took it off and handed it to Marissa and and took the handheld from her. So now I'm just, to me, I feel naked. Yeah. Yeah, Because I always have that mic on. So now I'm using the handheld for the whole rest of the show. Oh, nice. Um, Which was actually, you know, takes some getting used to. You do it all the time. Right, yeah. But but if you don't, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And then luckily I was able to, um during a, a section of the show that we call the card collection, where music plays and people are up out of their seats all doing mm-hmm. this thing, and I exit the stage for maybe 20 seconds, I was able to pop on with the new wire. And then I was gotcha. good to go for the finale, which I cannot do with a handheld. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Certain things you need both hands for. You can't be yeah. holding a mic as well, which is why I always have a mic stand by the way. Uh, yes. But, yeah.
0: but no. and speaking of that props to my amazing team, uh, just in case that didn't work. Cause we didn't know we're trying mm-hmm. to diagnose the problem mid show. Right. 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 While right. keeping everything run- running smoothly. They also had a backup plan of, if that doesn't work a boom mic. Yeah. Basically a long <laughs> mic on a, st- on a stick, you know, Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) to use for the finale, because obviously I cannot really do it with a, I guess I could, if I absolutely had to just do Mm -hmm. a bunch of one hand stuff, but it'd be really hard to do with one hand.
1: Sure. Sure. So
0: anyway, crazy audio issues, but that's how you work through it. And, and frankly, you know, I didn't feel frazzled at all, Uh, you know, and coming back to the, to tie that back into the confidence thing, Mm -hmm. um, and having confidence, you know, and I have amazing confidence in my team because I know how prepared they are. So preparation is really the real key. Yeah, exactly.
1: And the fact that you've done the show many, 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 many times. So, you know, if things go off the rails, how to get back on. And like so. So I think it's just the confidence of knowing that no matter what happens, things, you're going to be OK. Things are going to you're going to still put on a good show. I think that's a, a key element of confidence. So I would say if anyone's, you know, having trouble with confidence and getting out there, it's it's scary at first, but you kind of have to, as the improv, you know, Del Close saying, uh, that was at the pit, always said, is follow the fear. You gotta get out there and start doing it, and the more you do it the less scary it becomes. And you're going to build that experiences that happen. You're going to see your survive the worst fears or anxieties that happen. And you're going to just keep know that for the future. Like, oh, if this thing comes up, put it in the Rolodex
0: and then you yeah. know how to handle it later. You know, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Experience really is the best teacher. And you don't really make those same mistakes twice if you're paying attention. Absolutely. So I'll tell you, man, I, I felt like an absolute rock star when I did the seamless transition of the mic pack. He comes running out. Boom, boom, boom. We're talking seven seconds later, maybe. And it switched out. He's gone. I did a thank you to the crew as he was doing it. It was just impeccable. And then immediately the wind came out of my sail when the new... <laughs> Mike Pack also made the same popping sound because that wasn't the issue. Uh, <laughs> there,
1: there's a second part to this email, by the way. I wanted to Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, uh, I, I know that uh, confidence is broad, but uh, in some ways you've gained confidence over the year. How do you still remain humble, as the other part of this? It says the, the fact that you get the courage to perform as often as you do without becoming overconfident, like some performers fall into. So, what, oh, do, you, interesting. what do you
0: have to say about that? Um,. Well, I think I've fallen into it, actually, um, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that I fell into it as a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, It's a careful line. Um, You have to have confidence, but you don't want to cross over into cocky. Yeah, yeah. Right? And how do you avoid it?
1: Um, well, I just have like that whole performer, uh, you know, complex of like, Oh, I, everyone else is better sometimes. So that keeps me humble. Right. Right. (laughs) You're always gauging and, you know, trying not to compare to others, of course, as we've talked about on the show, but like, just to be like, no, I'm doing things that I'm doing for a reason that are, you know, making me happy as a person. So I am kind of always aware of like, Am I doing this to bolster my ego? That hustle porn we talked about in a previous episode? Or are we doing it because, you know, I'm, you know, want to be doing this? So I'm I'm kinda always asking those questions about myself in the back of my head and just kind of staying true to myself. And I think I'm just normally a pretty humble when it comes to certain things but i definitely know those moments when i cross into the overconfident or cocky things as well but it just feels icky i think i've developed that (laughs) like oh that felt like i was selling out or whatever the 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 feeling is at the same time
0: well let's let's imagine where that overconfidence comes from right it generally Mm -hmm. for the most part comes from uh adulation from others right 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 right. so not believing your own press or not believing your own hype I think is probably the key here so if someone says to me after a show you know uh that's the best sleight of hand I've ever seen in my life that's great and and I I view that as a marker for like what I want to achieve what I want to um I like I feel like my job is done but don't take it Uh, at face value of, oh, that means I am the best sleight of hand artist, right? Right, yeah. I think you want to, if people are giving you that positive feedback, whatever it is, if people say, wow, that's amazing, that's the greatest magic I've ever seen, or whatever it is, this is the best show, blah, 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 awesome. I think you look at that, I'm not saying glaze over it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: look at that and go, awesome, I achieved the highest mark, of what I uh, well, if if that is how you're grading yourself, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's hard to say, but I think you just don't want to take it at face value. Mm-hmm. You can look mm-hmm. at it as only a, a, an achievement of like your goal has been like your your job was done. You can feel like you did your job, but there's a difference between like doing your job and thinking I'm the best.
1: Right, right, and I right? think that comes from too what we both have here as well two other points I want to bring up one is we're both been lifelong learners right so yes. we we always think there's something more to learn about our craft or entertainment or what we're doing so we never have this attitude of like I've learned it all I've reached the peak <laughs> peak Matt Franco or Eric Dittleman that we could be no there's always room for improvement and I think that keeps right. you humble and the other part is having someone so you're not just surrounding like you're saying with e- either audience members or people on your team that are or friends, or friends that are yes men that are just saying what yes whatever you do like we or yes women Or, yes, yeah. Yes, people. (laughs) Yes, people. That's a good phrase. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. So, the fact that, you know, we call each other out on things all the time, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be like, ah, that wasn't as great as you think it is, or this isn't as, you know, amazing as you think it is, or like, or if you're being overconfident, you have the people who'd be like, Yo, chill out a little bit. Chill out a little, yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, So I think it's good to have people who you trust that can tell you the truth sometimes, Mm -hmm. even if it's the hard truth that you don't want to hear all the time, and that can keep you
0: humble as well. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Absolutely.
1: Thanks for doing that for me, Matt, and I hope you appreciate what I do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) But we should uh, start to wrap up. Uh, let's get into our goals first. Uh, so your goal last week was to uh, <laughs> to convince me to send you links <laughs> for <laughs> you're trying to work on your podcasting uh, setup here. Yes, I
0: still think thank it you sounds for that. Good. You said, yeah. Let me just for 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 right. the listeners. Eric followed through on this with. A uh, very detailed email with many links that I have to explore for beefing up the uh, podcast setup. So thank you for that. Very, very helpful.
1: Which was essentially my goal as well, so I completed that.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, you killed it.
1: Okay, good. I crushed the goal.
0: You crushed it. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And I started another magic book as well. Uh, so I I'm, my goal this week is to finish that book because I have some downtime mm-hmm. in between shows when I'm up in Erie. Uh, it's nice. To, by the way, I'm going to be uh, this is jumping into plugs in just a bit, but uh, I'm going to be in one place for a couple days doing shows, which is rare for me. Mm-hmm. I'm usually, you know, traveling around. So having like some downtime during the day to get some work done or reading or other things that I want to do is nice. When I'm not just like traveling on a plane or something. So right. uh, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, that'll be my goal. What's your goal for next week, Matt?
0: All right. yeah. All
1: right. it sounds like you're mumbling. What what's happening here? I what? didn't come
0: up with a goal, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know
1: the segment's coming every week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to a wedding. Going to a wedding. All right. Yeah. So
0: you get to the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, so like between now and the next time I talk to you. It's just sheer enjoyment. What, 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 why there give myself go. any work? Do you have any shows or are you going to be at the wedding the whole week? No, I have shows. Okay. so I'm performing tonight. Okay. And tomorrow. So. Oh, I know my goal. <laughs> <laughs> I have that same situation where my show ends at 830 uh-huh. and I got to be on a plane by nine. Oh, so Wow. <laughs> There you so go. So my goal is to make the flight. <laughs>
1: make good, Quick travel, make the flight. See, this is uh, part of being humble is having a friend to keep you accountable to the task that you need to do, one of which is creating a goal.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, make flight. All right. Wonderful. What plugs you got, Matt? You got your show?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Got the show. Come on out. <laughs> okay. See it. Enjoy it. Got the mind over magic podcast going on weekly <laughs> if you don't know now they're, you know
1: they're listening to it Matt that's like if you have a poster in Vegas that says come to Vegas <laughs> like <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're already here uh tell a friend though uh, that was a reference to something we talked about before we started that recording yes okay. yeah <laughs> that's true. uh
1: yeah go see Matt's show at the link I've got a lot of public shows coming up this month um uh, so this weekend I'll be at Keller's in Erie Pennsylvania uh Friday and Saturday uh when this drops so listen to it Day this comes out, and then you can go to Erie. Um, uh, I'm also going to be at Speakeasy Magic in New York City. Uh, back there for the first time since they opened, because I kind of just swing in there every once in a while when they need me. Uh, but I'll be there the 26th and the 27th, and then the next night I'm at Scam on the 28th. So a lot of stuff coming out uh, Thanksgiving weekend here in New York. I uh, will be performing a bunch, and
0: then of are course, you in New York at the end of the month?
1: At the end of the month, I think so.
0: Like right. uh, b- uh beginning of December, like the first, uh maybe, uh okay. I have a bunch, like a bunch of shows there, so there's, there's I'm like in a five percent chance, a five percent chance I'll be in town and we could do an in person.
1: Oh, possibly, and I'm gonna be in Vegas again soon, so maybe we'll do it right. in person there. Oh, right, the that makes sense. Yeah, but that's
0: absolutely. much higher than five percent because you'll actually be here. I will actually be there. Cool.
1: So uh, visit our website at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Shoot us an email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or click the link at the website. that's up there now. uh, And hit us up on the socials at
0: mindmagicpod. Is there anything else, Matt? Enjoy the week. Great hanging out. And see you next time. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. (laughs)
1: Bye-bye.